Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 188. Uh, so we actually already had this topic pre-planned ahead of time. We were thinking about it all of last week because it's a fun topic. And then we saw the news topics this week and we're like, hey, we're already pissed. Let's get more pissed. Let's make this a really pissed off episode in some regards. There's some good, lot of negative news this week. So to cap it all off... We'll have fun, negative energy into discussion. Not like Toxic, not like <laughs> Snyder Cut. Yes, I went there. Yeah. Um, but, like, we're going to talk about our most controversial movie opinions. Our, our movie hot takes, if you will. Because if we're going to be riled up this week, you guys should be riled up, too, by what you might deem as our stupidity. Because we've got... To us, they might be lukewarm takes, but to you guys, I'm sure they're probably not the nicest. But uh, Josh, <laughs> how you doing tonight? I'm good, my dude. Yeah, I think you and I were both. We were talking before we started. It's like, well, like I don't feel like these are that big, like these that hot of takes. But maybe I'm just maybe I'm just used to them. I don't know. But yeah, I, I'm chilling this week, man. It's it's been a busy week at work, and oh, don't you know, I know it. Lo- lots and lots of changes going on and you know i was actually uh kind of busy when it comes to the watching stuff this week oh okay yeah so you 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 and i already talked about it but i, I saw prey finally fantastic best doggo ever best doggo ever which is oddly enough looks like the male version or i guess no it's a female looks like the female version of uh of my dog um or my family's dog it's not my lucy's not my dog just take um, the dog and run yeah exactly uh although she if you saw my instagram today she like i'll have to i'll share a story here in a second about that but that's hilarious but prey is easily like the best predator movie of all time that could and be I a hot stick take some that could I mean, be a hot take right be. there. They could be, but like to me, it is the story's the best. Yes, the the predator does kind of make some stupid decisions in the finale, but I would argue he makes some stupid decisions the entire film. Um, so like, <laughs> yeah, but it's fantastic. Um, the leading lady whose name always escapes my mind, Amber Mid Thunder, um, fantastic. She's great. Uh, I just her brother the guy that plays her brother is fantastic the whole cast everybody's great i love it but then um, you, you gloss I, over the thing with the brother that i told you about oh so, yeah yeah yeah. because I, I wanted i wanted you to take that my dude ever since praise come out ever since praise come out i've seen a lot of fan castings online i'm going oh god i need this if the the crow reboot ever gets off the ground i really 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 want um the dude to play amber mid thunder's brother in prey mm-hmm. as Eric Draven or whoever the new crow is. This dude's cool. He's one cool MFer. Like, I don't know what it is uh, about him, yeah. but like he's it's so hard to define cool because it's such a different era than what we currently live in. But you could tell even back then this dude was the hot shot. Like Dude. He's so well, cool. Like, I think that the thing I, I, I liked about his character so much is he definitely in the beginning of the movie comes across, I guess, spoilers for a Hulu film, which s- side note, this should should have been in theaters. No, I would it shouldn't have, loved have to see this. Yes, it should My have. My hot take it should not it. have because nah. because this movie needed to go to Hulu to reestablish the Predator brand. Because at the before, maybe like two weeks ago, the Predator brand was at an all-time low. Josh and I both love Predators with Adrian That's Brody, fair. but no one saw it. That's and The yeah. Predators was, or The Predator was 
terrible. So I think the sequel needs to go to theaters. This, I think, needed to get people back on board. And it was more or less okay. like a low risk, high reward type of situation. I mean, I guess I'll give that to you. I just think there's a lot of shots in this movie that I would have loved to see on a theater screen um, specifically. So, but like her brother goes from like this, like, oh, you're just going to be that annoying older brother guy to being like the most supportive dude in the entire film. And it just, he's awesome. French kid, like uh, just chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Uh, I also saw uh, the gray man this past week uh, on Netflix. Um, Gosh, it's so much fun. Uh, Chris Evans is just, you can tell he's in his villain era and he is enjoying the crap out of it. Um, there's, it, it is the, if have you, have you watched it yet? I have not. I'll have okay. time in the coming weeks though. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really good time. Um, it's basically nice, nice guys. If it was uh, an, a secret agent thriller, <laughs> essentially it's a, it's a, to me, it's a fun time. Is it nonsensical and silly? Yeah, at times, but like it just it. But you can tell everybody had a lot of fun making this film. Um, Ana de Almas is a total badass as always. Like, gosh, dude, she is. She needs to be gr- Zatanna. She is growing into this awesome like action movie uh actress and it's i'm i'm super here for it she's um, amazing i love anna de Armas so much oh she absolutely. just like and exploded she's... out of nowhere dude oh and there's um there's a lot of scenes i think you'll see in in gray man that i she chews up everything in that scene and it's fantastic um i am also it's either five or six episodes deep into uh the sandman series Ooh. um yeah, it's just about what I expected from a Neil Gaiman, <laughs> a Neil Gaiman project. It is weird, fantastical, interesting, has a lot to say, takes some really interesting takes on traditional characters. Um, it's very good. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, it's definitely not going to be for everyone there, uh, especially I think it's episode five. Basically, all takes place in a diner and there's a lot of stuff that goes on in that episode um you are shown a lot of stuff in that episode uh but it's all about there's a lot uh, the, the the meaning behind everything they they do what they can to make sure that it's clear as far as like why did we just show you all of that stuff um we'll see how they finish it <laughs> but uh so far it's a pretty good series well i wish i had your luck when it comes to what i'm watching this week <laughs> My favorite movie of the year so far has been Tom Cruise's Top Gun Maverick. So I knew that he and the director Joseph Kaczynski had worked together before on a movie called Oblivion. I was like, I love Top Gun Maverick. This movie was directed by the same guy that did um, Tron Legacy. And boy, does it show of a very, very pretty looking sci-fi movie that I get incredibly bored with incredibly fast like i think oblivion has some really interesting concepts and it's gorgeous to look at like half the movie would just be a fantastic wallpaper and tom cruise Mm -hmm. is making the best of it but god oblivion is so boring yeah it is you've seen it josh (laughs) oh yeah it's one of those like like you see it and you're right. There's some really, really interesting concepts and some some really cool story beats. And Tom Cruise, to his credit, is trying his best to to make something out of this plot. 
uh, but like at the end of it, you're just kind of like, well, I wish that had been better. It was very gorgeous and like interesting, but like, God, was it boring? Like, like so Tron I, Legacy. Yeah, exactly. So like, I totally feel where you're coming from on that. Um, I wish it would would have been better, but alas, it was not. <laughs> Let's get into some news, shall we? Yeah. First up, we've got that situation going on. By this point, you've seen the title. When it comes to DC, it's really just all anybody can talk about at this point. What's going on with The Flash? I feel like we've been asking that question for like two and a half years now. But now it seems like Warner Bros. Discovery has made up their mind. Potentially, they've narrowed it down to three options. And now... There's an even more interesting wrinkle in this situation. So when we were first getting the show notes together for this, it was like Warner Bros. Discovery has three options for what to do with the Flash. And then Monday, yeah, Monday, mm-hmm. Ezra Miller just comes out with an apology. I guarantee to you, kinda, it was <laughs> not on their own accord. I guarantee you it was Warner Bros. Discovery or his mom who's been all of a sudden resurfacing, getting back on the straight and narrow, uh, all of a sudden the issue, the, an apology-ish has been issued. I'm going, this feels like it wasn't made of your own volition. I'm just reading this situation. I don't know the full context. Maybe they do feel bad and they're just like, we're going to offer an apology. We want to get our life back. But more than likely, I think it was a PR rep from Warner Bros. Discovery saying, do you want to get paid for the flesh? You will play ball with us. Um... I don't know why Warner Brothers Discovery sounded like Dr. Evil or an old villain there. Yeah, I don't know what that was. (laughs) This this timing seems suspicious to say the least of Warner Brothers. Like, we have three options, which we can go into a little bit here, but we got to address the apology first. So, Josh, the apology, so to speak. Uh, To me, so... Um, I'll just, I guess, do you... I'll go ahead and read it. Yeah, go for it. So we can kind of discuss it a little bit, because there's... A little some things that like the way in typical, you know, Josh fashion, I'm very aware of like how people are saying things, not necessarily what they're saying. Like, so the statement goes as follows. Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun on ongoing treatment. I apologize to anyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior, and I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. Now, I want to preface everything that we're going to say here with saying that Ezra, like, it seems like they are due, regardless of the intention, at least at the bare minimum, at least they are getting help. At the very least, at least they are taking the step into make sure that they don't continue down the path that they are going right now. Um, With that being said, to me saying, like, I apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior um, kind of feels like sweeping like the actual court cases under the bribe which feels to murder someone yeah like i'm sorry i upset you hey, like uh, hey, don't worry i'll pay you back for that alcohol i stole yeah like i i still have your wallet but i owe you one so we're good yeah i just there's there's some stuff that hit me wrong i guess and you know to us to an extent he doesn't owe me an apology he doesn't owe you and i an apology 
or they sorry i apologize they don't know it's comp- yeah i get tripped well, on I, it too I, I, and it's it's more i'm trying to be respectful of it and I, and Same. if anything it's been really 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 cool that uh everybody who's reporting on this has been treating them with the at least that level that of human decency there yeah exactly like in uh, as i've heard some people say and i don't necessarily disagree with because i am trying to be positive about this uh, the scenario i just at least they're getting help and it, we don't know the what's going on behind the scenes and you know if anything uh we, i i think of the whole situation with shia labeouf he went off the rails for a while and he, he said you know to all, all all everything that he's he's said get like being skyrocketed into a a a a movie release and movies that are way bigger than he was used to out of nowhere really affected his mindset and like i can totally understand that seeing what it's done for shy and seeing how he's come back from that um i definitely hope that ezra goes through the same thing that they you know take this actual opportunity to get better absolutely um that being said uh, let's talk about the the three um little options that discovery had kind of said before ezra apologized that that they were kind of looking at yeah so we'll talk about it now and then we'll kind of evaluate what it was before and where we think that it's, it's going now so the three options that they presented was ezra miller apologizes has like an actual interview and explains the whole situation and is allowed to do some marketing for the movie and there'll be some mild marketing campaign for the flash movie second option was no involvement from ezra miller whatsoever in the marketing campaign there'd be barely any marketing campaign and they would still release the movie theatrically or the third option they would scrap the movie entirely and rename it batgirl um oh too soon (laughs) um i thought that they would be going with the second option of barely any marketing like maybe a trailer or two don't show Ezra in any of the trailers, but like show the flash, but don't show his face type of thing. Like they did with the Shazam trailer. I thought option two was likely. I think now we're looking at a hybrid situation between option one and option two. I think. I think Ezra will continue to do these like an apology tour, but nothing even remotely close to a sit down interview. The yeah. problem is, it's not just an Ezra problem, it is the entire movie, because even if it's not Ezra Miller, you get Sasha Kaye, you get Michael Keaton, you get some other people that are involved with this movie. So what was it like working with Ezra Miller in this yeah, movie? Yeah. Like, it, it's going to be the big elephant in the room, no matter who's being interviewed. So I still think there's going to be some marketing, because from everything we've heard, this movie's testing incredibly well with test audiences, so... The reason for everyone going, well, why hasn't it been canceled yet? It's because as problematic as Ezra Miller has been up to this point, the studio sees this as a potentially good movie that's still worthy of being out. And people are like, well, what about Batgirl? From everything we're hearing, and again, we're not saying this is true, but everything we're hearing, Batgirl wasn't a good movie. And that's why it got canceled among a bevy of other reasons. So it's comparing apples to oranges it's not a fair comparison we could see the movie and it would still be garbage then we can reevaluate the question uh it's just i think there will be some marketing but it'll be the most mm-hmm. controlled marketing campaign 
ever. Like a flash poster where they're running away. Actually, that would probably look even worse in context. Um, somebody, it, it was meant to be a joke. It was meant to be a joke, but I'm going, hey, you might be on to something. So something that happens all the time in the comics, but also they did a lot with the Great Custom Flash show, Josh's favorite, is yeah. they would have the Flash move so fast that their face is blurred throughout because they're vibrating at a different frequency than what the human eye can see. I'm just going, I'm not advocating for the Flash's face to be blurred out the entire movie, but there is precedent for it. So <laughs> my, my, my big concern, though, is... I hope Ezra gets the help that they so desperately need and are willing to seek out now. That being said, I don't want them back. I think they're too much of a liability. Even if they get 100% squeaky clean for the rest of the press tour uh, for a few years, the Flash is too important of a character to be held hostage by a potentially dangerous actor. I think Warner Brothers, if they're going to use the character going forward, need to recast. And I think they're at that point. They have been at that point. I think Flash will be recast either way. I just hope that this, while the person, I hope, gets redemption, I don't want this to become a redemption tour, so to speak, of just like, yeah. oh, look, I'm great now. Like, I want them to be healthy mentally. But at the same time, I don't want that to be objectified. I'm just like, oh, it's a great story of look how scummy and terrible they were to being the greatest person out there like that that wouldn't sit right with me either yeah yeah absolutely it's i don't, I don't want it want it to be uh wwe and roman reigns leukemia um so i just yeah i i, I think they're going with a hybrid of the first of, of option one and two where he is that they are getting help ezra is you know kind of trying to trying to get themselves back into a better space uh but then he's going to be very, very, very limited in the, uh, the amount of marketing that they're going to be allowed to be a part of. And it does kind of, and cause you are right. Those is that, you know, that's all that, you know, Michael Keaton and whoever else does press check-ins for this film, that's all they're going to be asked. So it's, it, it kind of does put a damper on the marketing. So we'll see where, you know, DC and, and Warner bros go from here. Uh, I agree though. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, end up recasting at the end of this film. So, keeping on the DC train, but moving more towards behind, well, different department within the behind-the-scenes section, and that is, we know that David Zaslav, the head of Warner Bros. Discovery, is looking for a quote-unquote Kevin Feige type to lead the DC Films Division, the future of DC, for their big 10-year plan that they have mapped out. Well, one of the names that they're interested in is the guy that just did TV, Greg Berlanti, who did, base, for lack of a better term, the Arrowverse. Um, I want to be mad. But I'd be mad if I believed it. And here's why I don't believe it. And the thing yeah. I think everyone's kind of overlooking. If David Zaslav liked Greg Berlanti so much with DC. He wouldn't have canceled all of Greg Berlanti's shows on the CW. The Arrowverse is dead. We don't even know if Superman and Lois survived, which it better, it better survive. It was never meant to be in the Arrowverse. It's too good for the Arrowverse because there's competent writing and accurate, actual accurate character portrayals and, you know, art. Um, I hope that stays on HBO Max. If David Zaslav liked Greg Berlanti's work so much with DC characters, 
Don't you think he would have let him continue with DC characters and not, you know, <laughs> taking the acts of Zaslav to all of his programming? And I know some people were like, well, maybe he took him away from the TV stuff so that he can focus on the movie stuff. Maybe, but I doubt it. But also at the same time, from everything we've heard, I don't think Greg Berlanti wants this position. It's just that he's being considered. I'm sure there's a whole heck of a lot of names being considered right now. I'm yeah. willing to bet any amount of money that James Gunn is in con- quote-unquote consideration for this role. Heck, if they are ballsy enough, if they're looking for a Kevin Feige type, who's to say they wouldn't potentially poach Kevin Feige himself to do it? Like, Which would be crazy! That would be... I know we're going to stick with the analogies here. That would, that was, that would be like Hulk Hogan NWO level turn of Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Kevin Feige gets on stage with a Marvel shirt and hat, just rips the hat off, chucks it into the crowd, and Hulk Hogan rips open his shirt to reveal a big old Superman shirt. I'm like, actually, I'd pay good money for that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> or uh, Kevin Feige just randomly showing up at the panel. Uh, that's it. That, that's the reveal. Oof. Damn. That'd be cool though. Like I just yeah, I I agree though. Like I, I have not been quiet about my dislike of the uh Arrowverse. Um, you know, Oliver Queen is not the Oliver Queen from the comics or really any show that we've ever had with him in it. Um Grant Grant is a, 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 he's a good actor, sure. I um I just don't like the Flash show in a lot of ways. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I I don't think he's really in consideration. You know, something that I just realized, if you look at this uh, this picture that's right next to my it head, looks like for those Jay who are watching. Uh, I was going to say it looks like uh, like if Zack Snyder had a younger brother. No, um, we, had a, we had a college <laughs> professor. Tell me he doesn't look like that. The comm department head? Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, I'm not okay with that. All right, cool. Anyway, but moving on. He's probably a better person. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um... Okay. Switching gears away from our bleak college days. Let's let's assume um, Chicken Little style. I almost said Stuart Little style. That's something very different. Chicken Little style. The sky has fallen. Greg Berlanti is the guy that, that has been chosen. Do I like this? No. Do I hate <laughs> this as much as Josh? No. And here's why. To my knowledge, I don't know how much of the writing process Greg Berlanti was involved with. I don't know if he was a big picture guy or a small picture guy, because on paper, a lot of the stuff that the CW did should work, like doing a Crisis on Infinite Earths special, doing so many crisis events in general. Those should work. It came down to soap opera writing and just bad CW-ness. And I don't know how much of that is Berlanti having to shoehorn in stories into a CW bubble, or if that's just how he writes. Kind of like a, this is going to be a weird analogy, but fans of Ryan Murphy, the guy that did like um, Scream Queens, I think he did Glee too. He's got the very distinct style that you could tell a mile away. It doesn't matter what station he's writing for you can always tell a ryan murphy production i'm wondering if it's the same thing with greg berlanti or if it's a cw thing of the shows have to be this way because cw is 
very blatantly targeted for a certain demographic. And I'll push back on Josh's statement a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit of it's not like CW shows were always bad. They have a pattern. Just a little. Just a little. CW shows had a pattern. The first season, incredible. The second season, outstanding. And then a hard nosedive off a cliff, no matter what the show was. The first two seasons, Josh, you cannot tell me were bad of either Arrow or The Flash. The first two seasons of both of those were outstanding. And then season three comes... And they nosedive off a cliff like Oliver after he got stabbed by Ra's al Ghul, which again, why Ra's al Ghul was in a Green Arrow show, I have no idea. But the shows start off really, really well, and then they just divulge into CW schlocky campiness. But that issue actually kind of predates Arrowverse in general. Smallville had the exact same problems too. So yeah, it's how much of this can we pinpoint on Greg Berlanti? Versus what? what is his fault? What is it? So would I like him to be the head of DC? Not particularly. That being said, he's at least qualified enough for the position. It's just a matter of the stuff that I don't like. Is it his fault or is it other external factors factoring in here? Yeah. And you know what? You do make a fair point because like uh, having, you know, Arrow, the Arrow show and the Flash show crossover, like there weren't really a lot of shows doing that crossing sort of over thing Supergirl before, before it was even in their uh, channel. Exactly. And then even like as much as we don't like it, the the what is it? The um, Heroes of Tomorrow or Legends or of Tomorrow. Sh- yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. There is the, like on paper. That's a cool show. That's a like everybody that's involved in that team. That's a cool show. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So th- there definitely is, I think, some positive aspects to this. But I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's just not. That's not the guy. That's not the guy. Now, again, this is just a behind-the-scenes DC week in general, uh, and this one yeah. is a little weird and also kind of troubling, and just in terms of the the timing of this, and also it's, it almost kind of comes to comes across as one movie throwing the other under the bus. And that is Dwayne The Rock Johnson was recently interviewed or asked recently about his involvement with the first Shazam movie back in 2019. And some bizarre details came out. So basically, The Rock said that the movie was originally supposed to feature both the origin of Billy Batson's Shazam and Black Adam. But The Rock turned that down. He's like, Nah, brother, that ain't working for me. Uh, a la Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels style, maybe even Triple H. Because, you know, wrestling. Uh, he's just like, I I think that would be a disservice to the character of Black Adam. Meaning, ah, uh, this isn't fitting what I want for my Black Adam movie. And I think tonally it might throw things off. To which left me very confused. Because it's not like the Shazam movie didn't end up explaining Black Adam's origin Anyway, they just don't say Black Adam because when the Wizard Shazam meets Billy for the first time, he's like, we had a grand champion. We gave him all of the power that he required, but we chose wrong. And it shows Black Adam destroying a whole town, except it's like a faceless bad guy. And I'm going, that could have very easily been The Rock. It was done precisely. It was done succinctly. It wasn't distracting from Billy's story at all. Here's the problem that I've, I'm starting to see, and we've we've been worried about this for a while. 
in Shazam, that origin that the wizard Shazam tells Billy paints Black <laughs> Adam to be a villain. And I still don't think The Rock has wrapped his mind around the fact that deep down, that is what Black Adam is. Black Adam is not an anti-hero. Black Adam is a villain. The Rock so desperately wants this guy to be a cool, butt-kicking anti-hero. But I'm going, he is Shazam's main adversary. And I've gotten the sense from day one with the Black Adam thing, and especially how he talked about in that very first fandom that you and I watched together, Josh, mm-hmm. was The Rock doesn't seem like he wants to fight Shazam at all. He's, it seems like he's big timing the character. He's just like, nah, I, I want to fight Wonder Woman, The Flash, Batman. But most importantly, what would happen if Black Adam fights Superman? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But what happens if you fight Shazam? I don't know. Your arch enemy. To which I just want to ask The Rock, just like, oh. So you don't want to you don't want to really interact with Shazam. That, that's cool. Tell me, um, your character, Black Adam. How does he get his powers? What, what does he have to say to get his powers? Oh, oh, that's right. He also has to say Shazam. You can't just blatantly ignore the Shazam corner of Black Adam. Like, I get that. Maybe eventually he wants Black Adam and Shazam to fight, but the way he comes across in this interview and the way he keeps talking up a Superman fight instead, or the hierarchy of the DC Universe is about to change, which after Black Adam comes out, I hope to God we never hear that again, because it's the only thing he ever says when talking about Black Adam. Is the movie good? The hierarchy of the DC Universe is about to change. That doesn't answer the question. It's about to change. I'm like, maybe if I got the sense that he wants to fight Shazam someday, I'd be less concerned. But I've never got the impression that The Rock yeah. gives two squirts of piss about Zachary Levi's Shazam. So at this point, I really hope Shazam and Shazam Fury of the Gods both get better audience scores than Black Adam. And I think they will. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't I don't think it, it, it won't. I think I I think the problem here is and I, I hmm, I'm, I'm trying to stop myself from going on like a rant rant. Go for it. You're a long overdue. When. When someone who is a secondary character in a main character's universe, and you say, mm, I think it would do a disservice, disservice to the character, that automatically tells me you think this character is more important than he is. Than he is. I, dude, you can subscribe a certain amount of importance to your own character, a certain amount of ego to your own character, but that doesn't mean that just because you're Robin, you're more important than Batman. No, 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 Robin is no. always more important than Batman. No, How, no, 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 no. You no, no, know what not. you're saying when you bring that to the I table. Do, Don't but... you dare. <laughs> but Don't you if... dare. So, 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 no, no. Let me ask Nate. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, we're taking out like any kind of specific Robin. If they were, if they were like, ha, huh, yes, we're going to tell a Robin story, but it's more important than any Batman that we have, we subscribe in with. That's confusing. No, that's weird. Not- Yes, it is. It doesn't. It I, as much as okay. Maybe that's a bad example yes! because it's Robin, and he has developed himself. Okay, fine. fine, fine Get fine, someone fine. that that's, I'm less okay. emotionally invested in. Oh, fine. We're gonna tell a Damian Wayne story before we even get to Batman or Dick or anybody else. Sorry, no. Damian's oh, so more important. Titans and the Gotham okay, Knights yes. show those coming I out. Hear that you, got I canceled. Hear you. 
I hear you. <laughs> but like the Timmy, that's the problem. It's like I bro, you I'm I'm okay with it being an anti-hero. I I I'm more I'm I'm not a hundred percent on him being a villain. I'm okay with them being able to kind of uh, 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 kind of use him in a anti-hero capacity, but that does not mean that you are more important than the hero you were attached to. Uh, as much as we love, as interesting as Joker is, he is not important as the heroes in his, uh, he is not more important than the heroes in the universe that he's in. That does not make sense to me because good cannot be you know it can't evil cannot be as 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 intense without the good to to stand against it so it just you it doesn't make sense to me for you to sit here and be like no don't want to appear in a shazam movie because that would be a disservice to my character shut up get your big bald head out of here i don't want to talk to you no more get your get check your ego at the door dude this isn't wwe you're not going to backstage politic this to me that's just oh it makes me mad and i i just it, it, it sits with me all kinds of wrong and i just it makes me just not want to go see the the black adam movie because it's like i if this is your attitude bro like i don't want to support this in but then like you know dr fate is a thing and like i really want to see dr fate so yeah uh, it's, it's uh, funny i did see a tweet that some people were mad about this and rightly so and somebody tweeted and i completely agree of Something The Rock doesn't really realize here is that more people are going to watch this for the Justice Society than Black Adam. I'm not going to lie, every time I watch the trailer, I'm looking for Justice Society footage, and I kind of just sit through the Black Adam stuff. Like, I'm kind of excited for everything else. But Josh brings up a really good point about backstage politicking, which, for those innocent non-wrestling fans, it's basically the art of um, higher guys within the company are able to talk to the guy writing the script and basically be like, Hey man, I know I'm supposed to lose this fight tonight, but uh, I really just don't feel like it because I've been taking yeah. a lot of losses lately. <laughs> I I feel like I need to keep my reputation, my legacy strong. So I I feel like I need to win this, aka Hulk Hogan, for ninety percent of his career, which you know Shawn Michaels shows up and acts like a wet octopus, and it ruined that. It was great. Um, <laughs> and then he just had to give give himself some life losses outside of uh, wrestling <sighs> to really lose. Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> Uh, but we bring up backstage politicking because when it comes to movie making, there are very few bigger backstage politickers in the world of action movies today than The Rock. You've got The Rock, Jason Statham, and I feel like there's another one, Vin Diesel, which, you know, getting them all in one franchise is a nightmare. But they have it in their contracts. I will only take a certain amount of punches. I will only look weak for a specific amount of time. I will always win, which makes me very concerned when he hypes up these matches against Superman or potentially against Shazam. The Rock does not put over new talent in the more wrestling terminology. The Rock does not lose in movies. The only time I can remember him losing is when he's the the bad guy in Get Smart from 2008 or 2009. Mm -hmm. That's about it. The Rock does not lose in movies, which if you are an anti-hero slash villain, you need to. I'm worried that they'll be like, we're going to hype up Black Adam versus Superman. And it's going to go to a time limit draw, Rocky 3 style. Freeze frame at the end. I'm going, no, Superman should pound Black Adam's ass into the dart. Because that's what Black Adam deserves. And because I'm tired of Superman playing second fiddle to lesser characters, which is exactly what Black Adam is. A lesser character. He's lesser character to Shazam even. And I'm worried that if Shazam fought Black Adam, 
Black Adam would wipe the floor with him because The Rock would backstage politics and be like, Zachary Levi, oh man, you've been putting in great work in this franchise. I think you're great, brother. But I'm the bigger draw. People come to see The Rock, baby. So The Rock got to go over. I know your name's on the marquee, but The Rock's got to go yeah. over. Which, tell me I'm wrong, people. I, and, that's, and that's what I... If I if there wasn't a lot to back this up, I don't think I would be as as like hesitant or as mad about this. But like Rock doesn't lose. And it really just and when it comes to movies, he doesn't lose. And when you're playing a villain esque, even an anti-hero, that's your job. Like I you can't mm, I just I I'm I, I get upset about it. I think it 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 makes me really, really worried for the Black Adam franch franchise uh, for the movie and just what's gonna come out of it going forward. Lastly for our DC news, promise, then we'll move on to some other stuff. Um oh boy, we gotta gotta have there's been a big old nuke that's dropped when it comes to anything DC, so we gotta do a head count. Oh, what was that? line from atlantis the lost emperor that forgotten disney movie all right sound off if you're dead all right that's what we're <laughs> gonna do with dc what's still happening what's not because surprisingly there's some stuff that is actually sticking around but it seems like i just feel so bad for you man josh because no, no. you pulled the blind bullseye out of nowhere calling the static shock movie as your big bold prediction, they'll announce a Static Shock movie, and they did, and it was beautiful. And they were gonna work; they were working on the script, and the casting was right around the corner. And it seems like it's been stalled indefinitely, along with some other projects. So projects like Static Shock, the Sasha Kaye starring Supergirl movie, the Green Lantern Corps movie, which okay that had been there, that still happened that was still happening that Hold had on, been what? in development like absolute not even limbo that had been like the um what's the teen titans go to the movies the beyonders uh the, yeah what was their name like the people in between dimensions that that's what the green lantern Corps movie was a jj abrams superman movie that was happening that's that's probably <laughs> a good thing from some stuff we were hearing about if they want to get back to a traditional <laughs> superman these movies have not been canceled. It's the polite way of saying they haven't been canceled, but progress on them have stalled, which um, as someone that got excited in 2017 when the Nightwing movie got announced, and that still has not quote unquote officially been canceled. It's just been stalled. Um, yeah. Join the club guys. This is, these movies are all canceled. And on the TV side, it seems incredibly likely that Titans and Doom Patrol has been canceled to which our loyal listeners at home, is it sad that me of all people, when I see Titans is being canceled, I'm not sad, but I'm not happy either. I'm so indifferent <laughs> to the show's removal. Yeah. I'm just going, oh no, no more live action Nightwing. Oh no, no more ruining live action live live action Nightwing. So like, no more Titans, but oh, no more Titans. Like it, it's. No, one less show that I actually have to force myself as a commitment to watch, because that's essentially what Titans became. I'm a little sad about Doom Patrol. That was genuinely a good show. And now poor yeah. Brendan Fraser cannot catch a break because Batgirl and Doom yeah. Patrol, Warner Bros. Discovery, make it up to Brendan Fraser somehow. I don't care how you make <laughs> it happen, but make it up to the man. 
give Brendan Fraser every starring role in every upcoming DC movie. That is non-negotiable. That has to be what happens moving forward. He is your new Superman. I got I got this. I got the perfect band-aid for this. Okay. So a cup of coffee? That's a deep cut reference for no, park fans. No. So Brendan Fraser is now uh Clayface. And not just any Clayface, the Clayface version from Har- the Harley Quinn show, where he loves to play all the other roles. And so he's always in every DC movie and always exists. I <laughs> love that so much. <laughs> I and like just Brendan Fraser as Clayface in general would be fantastic, no matter what direction you go in that in that role. But like just having like. <laughs> This is kind of terrible, but like Clayface be the Stan Lee of, of the DC universe where he just shows up in everything. Uh, I'd, I'd love that. that would be great. Uh, but yeah, it, it is like Doom Patrol is one of those. I remember watching the like the first season and being like, this is like this show has no right to be as good as, as it is. That's like, wow. OK, cool. Of, you know, taking a team that nobody really had heard about that. That's it, unless you're like a hardcore DC comic book nerd, in which case, like, <laughs> go outside, there's sunlight. Um, but, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I'm so indifferent about it, about Titans. I'm uh, all the movies that were being sold, it sucks about Static Shock because not just because, like, I called it, but like, also, like, Static Shock was the one I want. I really, really, really want, and I think a lot of people really, really want, and especially if they were, if he was to team up with Blue Beetle, like that just that really works for me on a lot of levels. Um, we're not surprised Brecker and Lantern Corps. I was, I was more surprised that uh, that it was on still on the docket than anything else. Um, yeah, which as far as we know, the TV show, which is why I have Alan Scott on the graphic. The, as far as we know, the TV show is still happening. It's the movie that got scrapped, which I mean, the movie was in limbo long enough. But like the Alan, the um, Finn Whitrock starring Green Lantern movie, the, the show, that's still happening for HBO Max. As far as we know, that didn't get out now. Interesting. I think of all these ones that are in development limbo now i think static shock has the best chance of escaping said limbo and here's why agreed look at the people that got canceled supergirl green lantern Corps, and then elseworlds version of superman they have been very open and honest from the get-go saying we want to rebuild our established brands of batman superman and wonder woman they don't want elseworlds characters yet they want to solidify the recognizable characters that people already know they want to get back to a, a recognizable Clark Kent as their go-to Superman, not a Elseworlds Earth Superman, which could have been interesting, but I get wanting to focus back to what people are familiar with. Same goes for Supergirl. Of oh, more people, tough to say, but more people probably care about Superman than Supergirl. We could still get a Supergirl movie at some point. It'd just be further down the road. And Green Lantern, just cut that thing off now because it's been destroying the tree because it's withered so much um just because there's been no movement however not everything got the axe we were very nervous about this when batgirl got canceled like oh balls blue beetle was announced around the exact same time mm-hmm. blue beetle is safe it is safe thank because thank goodness pretty early on they're like nah nah blue beetle's great this has to be a theatrical release they got that guy from cobra kai he's marketable he's gonna be a huge star someday <laughs> get out of here <laughs> dude no i know, I know you haven't just seen a, it that was you a forced see... cobra kai reference for you it's not though show lomero duende is fantastic in that show it's the only thing oh, yeah, people know, know him know. from that's like but like that we we're gonna have to start like 
actually having jars, and we're gonna have to co- have a Cobra Kai jar for we you. Don't have, because... We don't reference Cobra Kai that much, but also you're, like you're right. When we, reference, when we reference Blue Beetle, it's gonna be hard not to mention Cobra Kai because it's the only person in this that we know from anything else. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, I'll like, give you that. <laughs> also, like they dropped the trailer for Cobra Kai season five today, and I'm very. I told Heather I would be very curious how they hide his physique this season because he definitely uh bulked up quite a bit to be blue beetle so i'm curious yeah. how they they hide that but blue beetle is safe it is coming to theaters and it will solve all the problems of the world because we're finally getting a blue beetle movie and i cannot wait it was always promised to be theatrical i'm just happy it made the cut and mm-hmm. on the tv side Peacemaker is making the cut too. We're getting at least a season two of Peacemaker and also supposed to whatever James Gunn is working on with Idris Elba, so probably a Bloodsport series. That is even less shocking because Peacemaker season one was like their most viewed show ever besides Game of Thrones. And because Peacemaker raised the bar when in terms of superhero television of what is truly possible, like, yes, we will laugh at a man's butt. But at the same time, seeing John Cena play on P- keyboard will make you bald your eyes out and yeah um when we hear the words die beard now you actually get sad and realize the meaning behind it it's so good peacemaker's so good and i can't wait to see more i'm glad that's surviving the cut obviously you're more excited for blue beetle but of the two why blue beetle more excited are you more excited for I mean, so I, I don't know about that because I, I'm very excited about Peacemaker season two. I mean, I don't know where we go from that from here, but like at the same time, just give me like four episodes, you know, 45 minutes each of John Cena just doing random stuff with his team. I'm down. I'm super down. I, I have no issues with that. Uh, Blue Beetle, I think, is just I'm excited to get some of the more younger slash newer care newer heroes in saying so, to me blue beetle is it's still fresh it's not batman it's not superman it's not wonder woman it's somebody new to the general audience and somebody that's not just some white rich dude it's a kid who actually has to go through stuff and that's like super cool and i'm super excited about the storytelling possibilities of that now that we're finally done with the dc stuff and the sad depressing cancellations of everything in the current state of a over there let us rejoice brother in the fantastic <laughs> news that we have been blessed with truly out of nowhere as dreamworks is like oh balls um intern did you remember to announce that thing that we told you to announce what thing the thing oh gosh i'll put it all social medias and so now we have kung fu panda 4 it was the intern is tom holland who can't figure out how to send to, to post trailers to instagram it wasn't even a trailer it was just a poster but all that yeah. all of that build up as to say we're getting a kung fu panda 4 coming out in 2024 god looked down and smiled her man had done right by him because Kung Fu Panda. I genuinely thought we weren't getting more movies. Because we got the three. And we've gotten at least one, maybe two shows on Netflix, I think. Like, mm-hmm. we've gotten some animated shows. Which most of the voice cast returns for the show. So it's just like, alright, well, we're just going to Big Hero 6 this. Of just have great movie. Or in that case, you know, multiple movies. Still mad about that, Disney. Uh, and then transition to an animated show. Better example, How to Train Your Dragon. Josh's 
Right. Yeah. Uh, my my baby boy. Except this is better. I uh, will die on that hill, Josh. <laughs> That's my hot take. Kung yeah. Fu Panda is better than How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> my hot take is we just don't we don't choose, Nate. We're both good in their own right. <laughs> yeah, basically. But uh, Josh. Yeah. How to train? No, not how to train your dragon four. How, how to train your dragon four? Oh boy, let's go! I mean, not far off. Kung Fu Panda four. Fl- yeah. So when they announced the show, and it was like, it's it's cool, I guess. It's one of those things that you put. What did three C say? It's one of those things that you uh, you put on the kid's tablet and you just let him watch while you can actually get some eat your your cornflakes in the morning. <laughs> but like for us to have a fourth movie, first of all, I hope this is not just a, a cash grab. I hope this is because they have a decent story that they want to tell. Because to be fair, to their credit, even if they had stopped it w- with three. That's you've pretty much by the end of three. Poe is a well-rounded individual. There's any real issues that Poe has had. If starting in the first film, everything is resolved by that third. So to me, you don't need a fourth. But you know, more more Jack Black as a panda. Yeah, I'm there, man. I'm so there. Are you kidding me? If, even if we didn't get this Cook for Panda Four, which I rejoice to high heaven because I still value all those movies and think mm-hmm. they're tremendous. Even if you take out the fourth one that's coming now, I would maintain that the original Kung Fu Panda trilogy is one of, if not the most underappreciated or often overlooked trilogies out there, just in terms of mm-hmm. gorgeous animation throughout. Like, they all look spectacular, outstanding voice cast. But every movie continues to build on the characters and become stronger as characters. And the narratives never really drop off. Sure, three is probably the weakest, but even then, if three is your weakest, you're doing something right. Because I could, I still will get chills from that scene when Poe finds out who he truly is in Kung Fu Panda Two, and he learns how to do the water trick. Hans Zimmer's mm-hmm. beautiful music kicks in. I just love the world that has been set up in Kung Fu Panda. I think the visuals are perfect. I think Poe as a character is without hyperbole as close to perfect as you could possibly get in terms of by the end of every movie, he's learned some kind of lesson and changed as a person, but not changed his moral compass or his character. He is, he is a wholeheartedly good person at the start. And he's a wholeheartedly good person at the end. Like his character is like how Thor got fat in Endgame. But when he gets the hammer back, it doesn't magically fix all of his problems. Becoming the dragon warrior doesn't fix something that doesn't need to be fixed with Poe. He is still him. And I love that part of the character. I love that he isn't even the best fighter in his group, but he's the dragon warrior. But everyone's just chill with it. Um, makes me curious about uh, who the villain could be because... Kung Fu Panda has absolutely crushed every single voice acting oh, cast. Absolutely. Um, yeah, J.K. Simmons in the last one being fantastic. So, God, Khan's Khan's theme just like lives in my head, and I can't. I can. Uh, Gary Oldman uh, in the second one. God, dude. Uh, and then, um, oh, geez, I always forget the who's who. Who's the first oh, one? Oh, Shifu, the, the Snow Leopard. Um, Shifu's the master. Yeah, it's um. Oh, I'll look geez. it up. 
yeah but no yeah fantastic they've crushed their villains so like we've what we've dealt with chi on several different levels and we have already started to introduce gunpowder and how to weaponize fireworks so it'll be interesting to see how what the world looks like what more animals there are around um what is i was going to ask you um one of the one of the why you're looking that up uh one of the funniest things i think uh i have seen that have come from tyler ian mcshane oh, oh man another great God casting bro one of the the, one of the funniest things that's come after this is a like a large uh, petition to be like okay cool all right kung fu panda 4 shrek Shrek 5 i saw that that was (laughs) that was trending more than kung fu panda 4 come on guys (laughs) but 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 shrek 5 (laughs) shrek 5 Um, is coming it is it's going to be a soft reboot but it is coming uh that being said i care more about kung fu panda because you know they're more consistently good. Like Shrek, true. Shrek peaked in the second one with I Need a Hero, and then everything's downhill after that. Like, let's be honest, yeah. that castle chase is like even Martin Scorsese says that's cinema right there. That's just perfection. <laughs> I think uh the thing I worry about, if I if I'm sitting here thinking about what stories we want to tell going into this one, um the thing I worry about is Poe, quote unquote, being the main character, but he's not the main character. He's training new people or some new kid. I, I, There's a part of me that doesn't like that idea because to an extent, that's already what he's been doing in, in, in uh, two and three. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm excited. I love me some Kung Fu Panda. So, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to see this opening night. There's no way that I'm not. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be there opening night. I see. I kind of hope he does become a mentor. Maybe. Sounds horrible. Maybe Master Shifu dies and he has to become the mentor and we can bring it full circle. Bringing back I'm not going to lie. One of the greatest lines in a kid, quote unquote, kids movie ever. When Master Uguay is talking of man often finds his destiny on the road. He takes to avoid it. I'm going, bro, maybe like <laughs> Poe doesn't want to be a teacher. And maybe he just wants to grieve the master, the loss of Master Shifu. And the Jedi spirit of Shifu comes and is like, keep running from something. Eventually, you're going to end up at your goal, whether you want to or not. You were destined to be a teacher. By your compassion and how you treat others, you were always meant to be a teacher. And I always were proud of you or, or looked up to you for that or something like that. I need Kung Fu Panda 4. I'm happy we're getting it. I need all the Kung Fu Pandas. This time, Poe is actually going to meet an animated version of Jack Black. It's going to cross over with Jumanji. It's going to be great. Just <laughs> Give me all the Jack Black. Jack Black could just be underrated. <laughs> I okay so if we're looking at, at at uh voice talent who you want voicing the villain this time around Donnie Yen Okay okay I was going to say or maybe better tell Edio 4 Ooh the other thing was or I Matt was Nicholson. Say, like Gosh, there's so many good voice. Ah, I can't believe like I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch would be fun, but don't like be that's that also guy. Like, don't be that I, guy. I feel like a like like a Tumblr commenter being like, Benedict Cumberbatch could do it. Benedict Cumberbatch is yeah. an Asian mentor. I'm going. Mm, let's not have a Zoolander <laughs> two situation here. 
Ooh, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Lastly, for our news is something that I'm sure people are going to be up in arms about, but I I started off as mad, and then I sat back, and it, it kind of makes sense to me, and that is we're getting a quote-unquote remake or reimagining, which is the word that people say when they don't openly want to say remake for fear of getting yelled at. We're getting a quote-unquote reimagining of The Wizard of Oz by the guy that did the ABC show Blackish. Okay. Um, I've never seen Blackish to know, but it's like multi-time Emmy either nominated or award-winning, so good for that show and good for this guy. I was naturally pissed when I heard this. Not just because Wizard of Oz is a cinematic classic, but Wizard of Oz holds a very special place in my heart. I was in Wizard of Oz my senior year of high school. I was the scarecrow because I have no brain. Also, that was the time that I jacked up my knee, and so like I moved like the Tin Man, so there's actual contingency plans of if I could not walk on stage, I would be the Tin Man instead of the Scarecrow because I was that immobile with my leg at the time. Um, I have a very strong emotional connection to Wizard of Oz. So I just was like, don't you screw this up. And then I sat back and realized this has been remade so many times. Why would I get mad about this? We've had Muppets, Wizard of Oz. We had, um, what was the one? Wasn't there a Wizard <laughs> of Oz with a predominantly black cast? What? Yes, there's that James Franco one. No, there's not. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. Um, so this will kind of like segue into our discussion a little bit but um i don't think the wizard of oz is particularly good i don't feel like it's aged very well at all and i don't i feel like most things when it comes to classics it's fine and you know what let's redo it i don't see any issues i have no problems with it see I'm conflicted because on a sense, I, I agree with you. I bought Wizard of Oz on Blu-ray and it was one of the worst choices I've ever made. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> as a child, you're just like, oh, I'm so sucked into the world. It feels like I'm there. And you watch it in crystal clear HD and going, oh, she's about to run out of set real quick. She's about to hit a wall because I can clearly tell that that is a matte painting as opposed to far off yep. in the distance. Um, but it's Wizard of Oz, I think, is just one of those everyone has a fond place in their hearts of just like it's your when you're at home sick type of movies and everyone has seen it yeah. so much before people who grew up watching or quoting Anchorman or Monty Python. Anybody can quote Wizard of Oz pretty, pretty easily because whether you've seen it or not, you just know Wizard of Oz. But Wizard of Oz is, if I remember correctly, it's the public domain, which is why we see so many incarnations public domain in a sense because i remember oz the great and powerful the one that i just completely ignored before uh they're running into some legal issues of like all right the witch can look like this but she can't look too similar to the original wizard of oz movie because that one is copyrighted as opposed to some other stuff but the original story is public domain i initially like shudder at the thought of reimagining or remake or whatever else for something that i care deeply about but at the same time like i said Anybody that's mad about this, this specific project has already been remade so many times. And even if this is the worst thing in the world, 
there's already been bad things within the Wizard of Oz universe. Um, the nightmare fuel that is the rollerblade demons from Return to Oz. Um, we had Michael Jackson's The Wiz. Like, we've had different incarnations of the Wizard of Oz, so this is nothing new. That being said, if you ruin Scarecrow, I will find you and end you. Because Scarecrow is perfect. And no way, shape, or form do I have any form of bias to this. I'm worried that they'll be like, <laughs> Wizard of Oz isn't trendy enough. We're going to get Ariana Grande as Dorothy. We're going to get Harry Styles as the Scarecrow. We're going to get John Mulaney as the Lion, actually. Yeah, I'm about that. Don't, 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 don't tell me with that. <laughs> uh, but I'm just like, at least try and make it timeless, which I know is a hard ask, but when modernizing it, don't don't make it too modern. As much as I like the guy Richie Aladdin, there's a little bit too much of a modern polish to it at times, so don't do that with the Wizard of Oz. Don't That's don't ruin fair. things for me. I'm already suffering <laughs> enough. I hope this is an absolute garbage fire. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I would never wish that upon a movie. But uh, I, uh -huh. it, it, this could, this could be really incredible, and I would never go see it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> As per usual, this week's episode is sponsored by T Public, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media merch. Whether it is T-shirts, hoodies, um, notepads, stickers, whatever you want with the Uncharted Media logo on it, go there support the show. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. Help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year. That way we can talk about Darth Jar Jar. And I, I mean it! If we get 700 subscribers before the end of the year, I will treat this as seriously as humanly possible and try and like go <laughs> full Sherlock Holmes trying to find evidence as to why Jar Jar it's a Sith Lord. As, as serious as a heart attack, which is something that Nate will have when he does this. There's a difference between heart attack, heart attack, heart attack, heart attack and aneurysm. <laughs> we all know I'm more prone to aneurysms. Fair. Speaking of aneurysms, it's probably something I'm going to have today as we talk about our biggest movie hot takes. So basically like controversial movie opinions that we have that the general population will be like, what? You're nuts. So... Any of, like, well-beloved movies that we actually hate, or well-beloved actors or actresses that we can't stand, or a hodgepodge of other movie opinions that we fully acknowledge are in the minority, but we die on the hill with those opinions, because what fun is movie talking if you don't have very hard and fast movie opinions that you would never change upon? Isn't that right, Christopher Nolan fans? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, everybody's uh, pretty straightforward on on all, on all of this. So let's. I'll open up with something that's kind of soft and, and per, soft in the way that I think you and I have kind of uh, we've talked about this briefly. Um, to me, books and movies will never be equal as far as content, and that is okay. Preach uh, the uh to me. I, I think I'll bring it. <laughs> it always comes back to Redwall, doesn't it? But Gosh, dang so, it. But in Get the Redwall jar. But okay, but one of the reasons it's taken so long to make anything visual for Redwall was Brian Jacobs, the writer, 
did not want it to be turned into something like TV or movie because the world that the books create is lives and is more alive in the minds of the readers than it ever will be on screen. Now, you can say it, it would be easy to sit there and be like, yes, you said that in the 1960s. So uh, <laughs> like uh, a lot has changed with, with film. So you could easily make it something that's just as gorgeous and just as alive as the, what the books have come to say and not that weird BBC, BBC show. Um, but as someone who's now read the Harry Potter books, the movies are better. Um, so, and it has everything to do with, yes, Harry is still an idiot in the film, in the films, but he's an even bigger idiot. And he's kind of emotionally unavailable to his best friends all the time. But it's okay because his parents died. So he has to be emotionally stunted for the rest of his life. Like Batman. We'll give him a pass. He's a, he's a kid, and he uh, you know he has no parents, and he grew up in a tough home. We'll give him and that. he's Remember. got hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, Ron is he? He's fine. It's a, he's just you know he's he's been through. He's got a tough family. He's made fun of because he's poor. Um, you know, no, and he's like, ginger. That's worse. And, and he's ginger. How dare? But he, he? dies. Oh, no one will mourn him because he has no soul. God, that oh, got yeah. darker Hermione's, than Hermione's just great, except when she's not and does Activision activism activism. activism. Oh my god. Hermione has joined no. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. I to me, books and movies will never be equal, and that's okay because A, they're different the different uh kind of uh, venues there are different ways of telling stories and there's certain ways you can tell you can do scenes in books that just don't work uh when you're watching it and it doesn't flow well when you're watching it so i'm gonna come out of the gate swinging here um okay you talked about books this first one is a book to movie adaptation that even the author hates um and i side with the author on this one because I know The Shining is considered to be this horror masterpiece. To me, The Shining is the single most overrated horror movie that has ever been created. Straight up. I th- People are just like, it's a masterpiece. It's suspenseful. It's terrifying. I have seen it three to four times now. And every single time I watch it, I struggle to stay awake. It is not scary. It's just dull and some people are like oh but it's about a man it's great for when we were in lockdown because it's about a man slowly going paranoid because he's sequestered all by himself i'm going yeah it's supposed to be a man sent into madness and why does jack nicholson start insane and only just gets more insane from there you never get to see good jack before you get to see insane jack like there's there's no escalation to me there's no actual scares to The Shining. It's it's shot impressively enough. Like I, Stanley Kubrick was very technically impressive. Um, it's also a terrifying human being and a horrible human being. Let's be honest. I've just never understood the appeal of The Shining. I people are just like, oh, it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It's one of the most influential horror movies of all time. I'm like. Is it though? Is it? Like, <laughs> it's what, yeah, but like, I see the horror movies that have been directly influenced by The Shining, as opposed to they just ripped off this scene from The Shining thinking it's scary. Whereas, like, 
Halloween? Yes! Everybody steals from Halloween. Halloween got a whole bunch of imitators. There wasn't a whole bunch of imitators after The Shining. I'm sorry, The Shining sucks. Yeah. No, it does. And I think uh, you and I, it's it's so weird because like... Dr. Sleep is so much better. I I went through and I actually, I think I'm going to go ahead and get into one of my favorite hot takes because I love pissing people off with this. Um, you could have just stopped. Comes- I love pissing people off. I, I love. Piss- I love. I do make like. I like making people mad. But like, um, to me, and especially when it comes to classic films, gang, drug, and mob shows or movies are absolute garbage. Uh-oh, are I you going John Mulaney them. Scarface on this? Uh, I have. I cannot stand Scarface. I cannot stand Sopranos. I, like salmon I cannot stand and Skittles. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I can't stand the Godfather. I can't like the Departed is cool, except uh, just because of the twist at the end. But like, even like Peaky Blinders gets super boring a- after a while. Even the character, though the characters are pretty interesting. To me, if the whole main point of your show or movie is glorifying a terrible human being, I'm gone. I'm out. Is that Bye. Why you don't like Sorry. Breaking Bad? Uh, yeah, I hate Breaking Bad because it's not he's Walter White is not an interesting person. He's just a bad dude. And it's like, oh, cool. Like the whole idea of like, oh, will he get caught? Will he would not? Will they? You know, that's not interesting to me. I like to uh, stories are supposed to be about good versus evil. And like if evil is like the only option and it's either like evil or more evil like that. To, that to, doesn't work for me. That's why I think a lot of anti-hero stories don't work for me because you don't get to be bad and then be like, ah, I'm bad, but I'm going to go against a batter, dude, even though I'm still kind of on the same level morally. But that's not the point. <laughs> I just, yeah, gang and mob movies, they just don't do I hate them. I think they're terrible. Uh, they're boring. They're there is much of like a bunch of grown men being like <laughs> those soap operas are so silly anyway watch the sopranos <laughs> like shut up it's ah. the same thing ah. like <laughs> go away <laughs> well, you mentioned your hatred for breaking bad and walter white as a character mr white yes science um rest in peace better call saul and that whole universe is now gone forever um Let's talk about my least favorite protagonist of all time. I know a lot of people love this movie by a really great director, and I don't think the director's style is the issue that I have with the movie. It's absolutely 100% the protagonist that, for some reason, the the neckbeards that love this movie seem to ignore the fact that Scott Pilgrim is a trash human being. <laughs> hey, man, hold on, hold on, hold on. He is. He absolutely <laughs> is. And everybody that, like, all the people that love Scott Pilgrim are just like, oh, man, it's about a dude that is in a band that loves this girl with multicolored hair that I found online somewhere. Hmm, that sounds a bit suspicious. That sounds like a self-insert a little bit. Um, But I'm an actually kick-butt a uh, superhero with superpowers. I'm going self insert. Scott Pilgrim is my single least interested and my most hated movie, quote unquote, protagonist of all time. I hate this dude. One, I've just always hated Michael Sarah, but two, even if it was played by anybody else, there's fundamentally a problem with the character of Scott Pilgrim of, oh, 
I'm going to defeat these seven evil exes so I can get with Ramona Flowers. But I don't have the balls to break up with my actual girlfriend that I've been with for the longest time. Not only that, I have repeatedly gotten girls' hopes up, been in long-term relationships with them, just to ditch them for the next new model. Like, no, you're just a sleazebag that pretends, oh, man, I'm shy and awkward. Girls don't like me. Yet you've dated repeated girls and then ditched them when you don't have use for them anymore. He's a scummy, terrible human being. The alternate ending of Scott Pilgrim vs. The World when he goes back to Knives would have been so much better because the vicious cycle would have actually ended because, oh, maybe I was actually right with the right person and actually learn and grow as an individual. But no, I don't have the balls to admit that I'm a cheating scumbag, so I'm just going to, you know... Try and murder seven other people instead of facing my own problems. I hate Scott Pilgrim so much, and I wish he died in that movie. And then, you know, Brandon Routh can end up with Ramona instead, whatever. Because he's got vegan superpowers and he's Superman. I just, I don't understand why people like Scott Pilgrim. He's terrible if you think about it for more than two seconds. I will give you- Look at when he's doing the band rehearsal. When he's just like, (laughs) oh yeah, we're, when he like dated the former drummer. Oh, yeah, um, I dated whatever her face is, but we're good now. The pan over, she's pissed. And then they cut back to that same joke later in the movie, and the poor girl looks absolutely devastated. Like, no, she was not over you, Scott. You're just an a-hole. <laughs> I, this is really hard for me because, like, I do enjoy the film. It's a beautiful uh, movie. It's great. It's shot well. The music is fantastic. All the other characters are interesting and fleshed out. A window. I freaking love that gag. Oh, that's fantastic. The vegan left. police. The the, the 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 vegan police gag is fantastic. It's a lot of really good stuff. I agree that Scott is terrible. I will say the alternative ending. The victim. I'm, that's the worst part. I, I I hear you. The alternative ending is terrible, mainly because Knives is in high school. It's and that's, so much worse. It's so much worse. I hear There's you. There's no You're way he wrong. looks good. <laughs> he looks bad no matter what. It's like Andy from The Office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's a hot take for sure, but it's one I, that I feel is pretty reasonable. I, I guess I just enjoy the film more than my hatred for Scott. So, <laughs> just, fire. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> at least, at least he's like going after. I mean, yes, he at least should he's have only going broken after up with knives. Schoolers. Yeah, at least he he should have gone, you know, broken up with knives. But at least he was going somebody after somebody his own age. But like, it's still like you still went out with a high schooler, my dude. Like that's kind of messed up. And you broke um, your best one of your best friend's hearts and never acknowledged is, okay. it. Okay, so I've read the comic. <laughs> the comic is and not the movie, according to you, by your source material. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Movies. You're not wrong. I, I, I agree. I agree. You're not wrong. However, the comic does like I'm saying it because the comic explains some more stuff, and like like what happened between him and Kim, and like also Winston, like what is it? Winston, his roommate. Uh, ends up date like ends up with the uh, the lead singer of their band like they end like he uh, the lead singer of the band like really like realizes that he's been gay this whole time and then they get with it's 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 crazy it's such a wild wild comic book you made but, me um, cheer for Chris Evans before 
<laughs> I actually liked his character a whole lot more than Scott, because at least he seems somewhat nice. He's like, oh, you didn't know about the evil exes? Oh, my bad. Okay, uh, no. I'll help you uh, out. My, my like, bad. I genuinely bad, believe he's a better person than Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, kind of uh but see like that i think the story though and i think something you can say is at the end of the day all of ramona's exes are very toxic like uh, evans was still very like while he seemed like a nice guy it was only he was only kind because he didn't want to blind he was like oh oh scott i'm sorry dude you didn't know my bad but he still throws it in his face later um all of her exes are not good people so uh, that is a, I think a story point. Including I don't know what to do Scott. with that. Yeah, exactly. Scott should have been a another ex, unfortunately. So that um, means he gets murdered next time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. So this kind of goes. Excuse me. This kind of goes hand in hand with our last kind of news story that we did. Uh, I have no real problems with reboots. Dang I think it. reboots. I don't have it on my list, are... but I've thought of the exact same thing. I th- I think reboots are a great opportunity. Um, unlike most people, I don't see any movie as perfect. There's always something you can do better. There's always something you can, you can. Okay, yeah, that's the best way to do it. But that's not the, <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> but like, to, um, but I say that in in this respect of like, okay, cool. Uh, uh, you know stuff like what did we just recently like junk the, all the disney remakes i didn't really have a problem with that i under i'm like what we ended up getting obviously i'm gonna have problems with but it is an opportunity to do stuff better to do something a little different and something a little bit more entertaining um and i think this so it just to outright go ah, i'm tired of rebounds i understand original ideas are are absolutely something you want to see more of uh then hey i don't know maybe go see the original ideas instead of just going to see the reboot so you can complain about them but that's a whole nother conversation for another day but i've but, also yeah. said and we've talked about this on the podcast before everyone that's just like oh original ideas are dead and it's only reboots and sequels um universal monsters the ushering in of the horror genre those weren't original ideas they were based off of books and stories bram stoker's dracula before that copyright free dracula with nosferatu um, Invisible Man by H.G. Wells, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Like, those are based <laughs> off of things. Yeah. How dare yeah. movies be based off of something that already pre exists? Or, like, well, and like Lawrence of Arabia. D- despite, it's a book. Yeah. It, and, like, no matter how, what you and I ended up thinking of it, because the ending end product wasn't what we, I really would have liked with the Green Knight. Um, at the end of the day, Everyone's like, oh, I want to see something original. I want to see something like a new take on something. So a lot of the stuff that A24 puts out is very original. It's, it's very up. unique. And very few people go and see it. And it's like, mm-hmm. so so what what do you actually want? So to, to me, reboots are an absolute, they're an opportunity. I have no real issue with them. Obviously, like if you're going to do Craven, maybe not make him a vegan, but that's not the point. You know what I mean? Like, at least you're trying to do something different. And if it ends up being entertaining, I can forgive that. I'm not one of those comic book guy nerds who's like, no, he has to be 100% comic book accurate for me to be entertained by this movie. Obviously, you can tell by my neck beard that I don't get out, out often. So therefore, this must be exactly my expectations. Uh, just whatever, dude. I Get out of here. I don't, I, reboots are fine. Last thing on this, because I'll tie it into something else perfectly. Uh, all those people that are complaining, Disney's out of original ideas. 
They do realize for a good chunk of like the 40s through the 60s, almost all their live action stuff was based off of books, right? This <laughs> Treehouse, Treasure Island, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Like they they've adapted stuff ever since the get go. Uh, but sticking on the reboot and remake train, segueing perfectly. Here's the one that I know for a fact. If I die on this hill, Josh will be having my back on this and we will die together. The Karate Kid remake is better than the original. Y'all are just too scared to admit it. Absolutely. Like I I'm I, dude, it took me everything in me not to be not to cuss there. I just need <laughs> you to know that. Like like yeah, like absolutely. F yeah. Like come on. It is so much better. And this the, is coming uh, from someone that likes the original Karate Kid. Josh hates it, but yeah, I like the yeah, original. Yeah, yeah, doesn't he doesn't hate it like I do. Um I don't even yeah. hate it. The the new one's better. It's absolutely better. Jaden, no matter what you say about him, is a more interesting protagonist than Danny. Um, the the I forget his name in the movie, but Jackie Chan's character is Mr. way Han. more interesting than Mr. Miyagi. Uh, it just let's go, dude. Uh, there's so much more to like in that. Also, like Jackie Chan being involved with the choreography absolutely helps. <laughs> I was like, don't get me wrong. Mr. Miyagi is one of the most iconic movie characters of all time. But looking at the character. He's he's like a Yoda type, and that that was a very intentional choice. But he's he's the stoic, always there, always confident, always wise. The closest to any form of characterization is when he gets drunk and passes out and tells Daniel mm-hmm. about his wife. And I think he had a kid back when he lived in Okinawa, and they died or something when he was off to war, or he had like a lover at one point and he lost yep. because of war. Um, whereas on the flip side, Mister Han. Has the same Miyagi essence, but at the same time has this much more tragic story with the car and the car accident, which are direct result of his own doing, as opposed to war sucks, but it's out of your control. Whereas Mr. Han, no, very few lines hit me and hurt me more than I hope it was important, whatever we were arguing about. I don't remember now. I just remember we were fighting. I hope it was important because they get in this fight right before the car accident that kills his wife and his kid. I'm just like, ugh. And then when he's just sobbing in the car, you get Jane with the bamboo sticks to get him literally up on his feet. And the mm-hmm. master apprentice relationship isn't that. It's a straight up partnership. You need each other to do the moves. On the flip side, as much as I like Cobra Kai and I love the original Karate Kid. Daniel LaRusso has to be one of the worst protagonists this side of Scott Pilgrim. Like, there is at least two or three times that Johnny Lawrence, the supposed bad guy in the movie, openly says, Okay, let's back off. I don't like you, but I'll keep my distance. And Daniel keeps egging him on! Even at the beginning of the movie, Johnny's just like, Hey man, I used to be a troublemaker, but this is my senior year. I'm going to shoot the straight and narrow. I'm going to make sure this senior year counts. I'm going to get back together with Allie. I was a jerk back then, but I'm going to get right on the right path. And then Daniel cheap shots him by doing a spinning back fist to the face. Then, then later at the pro, like the Halloween dance or whatever, Johnny has left him alone for the longest time. He's just trying to do some drugs in the bathroom stall, which I'm sure was just a common thing in the 80s. Daniel has to go hose him down, which is, you know, is a common thing in that situation. Yeah, Daniel, you deserve to get your butt kicked. You're the one that keeps instigating these fights. Johnny repeatedly has said, "Okay, I will leave you alone. I will leave you alone. 
and Daniel's stupid New Jersey in him always says to go, I'm the toughest guy in the room. Are you, though? There's a couple of times that he just gets Danny, slapped. No, and I you're love the it. shortest. Get out of here. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I, it's one of those, like, I want to like that movie so much, but Daniel is so incredibly unlikable to me, uh, being that he literally is the reason all of his problems happened to him. Yeah. Like, he just, I have no sympathy I, for Daniel in that first movie. Absolutely not. Also, um, obviously, Jayden, he, he, they do tr- they do try to make do make like make it better in two a little bit. Yeah, because at that point he was already an adult, so they just acknowledge him as an adult. But the thing is, with the Jaden Smith one, he moves from Detroit to China. That is a huge cultural difference. I understand that moving to New Jersey to Pasadena is a to Reseda. I mean, is a huge life altering change too. But literally going to a foreign country, being a stranger in a strange land, and honestly, as terrifying, quote-unquote terrifying, as the Cobra Kai guys are in the first credit kid, I think the kids in the remake genuinely wanted to kill him. Like, there's, Dude, there's several times I thought Jaden was about to die. Let's just you into the pavement. Like, dude. They're much more terrifying, and they're younger. Like, it's harder to watch a younger kid get beat up as opposed to, you know... Almost a fully grown man who is play fighting. Yeah. Glad we have the uh the same opinions on there. Um I unwittingly unwillingly unwitting unwittingly, there it is, have two Batman ones that I need to get out of the way before I hit with my last one. Um first of all oh, I have that one. I'll be curious if it's the same. Hating Batman doesn't make you cool. Yes, he is absolutely like I have seen I've met multiple people be like Nah, he's dumb. He's just a rich guy that beats up, you know, the 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 criminally insane. Oh, those like, people that are just like you. Batman's part of the problem. He's keeping the yeah, city in crime, I, so he has a I, job to I, do. I'm like, what? Okay, cool. You're so cool. Yes, poke the problems in a in a comic book character. Love that. All right, cool. Uh, whatever. It it annoys me to no end, and not just because like I. It's not because I like Batman. I just I don't like people that have put no real effort into like exploring a character or reading some of the material uh, and just like making assumptions about them. It's, it's, it, it annoys me a lot uh, to me. I think like you, you're not cool for not liking Batman simply because you think you have a great take on it. Um, that being said, Christian Bale's Batman is the worst Batman out there. Wow. That's a hot take. Okay. Why Bruce Wayne? Honestly, one of the best Bruce Wayne's we have is Batman. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I I think uh, the best thing when the best thing about your second movie. Oh, actually, no. When the best thing about all three of your movies are the villains and not you. Uh, maybe there's a problem there because Scarecrow in Batman Begins is terrifying. He's fantastic. He's well acted. Well, well explored love it uh, joker fantastic uh, do is it really the joker mm, not really it's kind of christopher nolan's uh interpretation of what the joker could be in in real life even then that's a big stretch uh 
you know what the most non-interesting part of that movie is? Batman. He's not interesting. I, I just his bat, Christian Bale's inability to do actual like fighting. And I hear you. I hear you, Christopher Nolan Batman series uh, 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 fans. Oh, it's because you know the suit was really restraining and blah blah blah. Bro, he just bought a tumble. He bought a tank. He, you mean you mean to tell me he, they can't like oh we'll give him a, a neck that can move so oh, do you and he also can actually... hate all the Batman's before Bale too no so that doesn't make any sense because Michael Keaton Val Kilmer George Clooney were all even more limited in their movement so they couldn't movement, find any better yes. either at least movement, Bale can yes. turn his head <laughs> yeah but that shouldn't at least bale has a belt that fits unlike michael keaton that almost loses his belt in batman That's, 89 that that is fair but i also i think those ones are uh commonly accepted as not like okay but like even then you people like love michael keaton's batman and i don't think that one's all that See, great either i would side more with i think michael keaton's batman's overrated but that could be a generational thing as it That's, stands I, right I, yeah, now yeah. as it stands right now Christian Bale is still my favorite Batman, but that's only because Robert Pattinson only has one movie under his belt. Like, give him more movies. Josh is being contrarian. Like, I've never really gotten the Michael I, Keaton thing, though. Mm. Like, I don't think he's particularly a good Bruce Wayne. His Batman's okay. His Batman's not bad. His Bruce Wayne is awful, I think. I, I'm with you on the Keaton thing. Christian Bale, I definitely I just, don't see, it, though. I just... You just hate I, the trilogy, though. I that is that is also like and I to love me them. I'm ashamed of when them. the tr when your trilogy is capped off by your main character being like mm, I don't want to be Batman anymore and then becomes Batman and finally and then gets injured and goes mm, I guess I gotta be Batman again and then quits being Batman but it just doesn't I, I'm over it I'm so over it I I, I do not care uh, Dark Knight is pretty good Batman Begins is fantastic. Uh, but Dark Knight Rises is an absolute trash heap, and I just I don't like Christian Bale's Batman. His Bruce Wayne's fine, but his Batman is terrible. So I have a Batman one. All right, I've said numerous times, and this will probably be my hottest take because people get very livid when you mention this movie. Uh, Batman and Robin. I'm not gonna say it's a good movie, only that it is an incredibly misunderstood movie. And it's not nearly as bad as people make it out to be in what it's trying to do. As a sequel to the Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer Batman movies, yes, Batman Robin is terrible. But in what Joel Schumacher is clearly going for, I think he succeeds. The problem is, it's not what fans wanted at the time. If you watch Batman and Robin back to back with 1966's Batman, it fits really, really well in terms of... The bright neon colors, the celebrity villain cameos, um, right down to um, Julio for some reason. Um, <laughs> the random Dutch angles. They actually spent more money than there was actual runtime for the movie. The budget was like 125 million, and the runtime was like 122 minutes or something. Um, the really bad puns. It feels like the Adam West. Batman, and I'm pretty sure that's what Warner Brothers was hoping to go back to at that point because of what happened with Batman Returns, scaring away all the McDonald's advertising money. So I wouldn't be surprised if they hard pivoted. We already started to get a little bit of that Batman forever. Batman and Robin is a love letter to the 60s Batman, but fans didn't want that love letter, so they labeled it as bad. It is not necessarily a bad movie, 
just a supremely misinterpreted one. It's like when you go to get a sip of your drink, you have water in your cup, but for some reason your brain was thinking, oh, I have Mountain Dew, and you just go, ah, ah. Your brain has to adjust for a second of, oh, yeah, this is actually something. I just thought it was something else, and I have to drink it accordingly. Batman Robin is still a bad movie. And I don't think it's nearly as bad as people make it out to be because they just see it as one thing when it was never intended to be that thing. Yep, that's, that's yeah, that's pretty fair. I mean, like you and I have had that conversation over and over and over again. The happening is great. We solved the happening. <laughs> there, are, there are ways to solve the happening. It's, uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, Batman and Robin is nowhere near as bad, I think, as what a lot of people make it out to be. I think it, and this is one of the reasons I think I want, to, I need to go back and rewatch uh, Multiverse of Madness because we definitely went into it with the ex- expectation of it being something else and it was not that. So I'm curious as if I change my perspective on what the movie's supposed to be, then I wonder how good it actually is. Uh, now, being said, I don't think it's going to really change no. much, but that's not the point. Um, so I only have one more. Oh, I got five more. Perfect. Oh, hit me with yours, buddy. Oh, you bring up Multiverse of Madness. I'll bring up my one and only Marvel one. I don't know when it became popular to start hating on this movie, but the first Thor movie by Kenneth Branagh is the single most underrated comic book movie of all time, besides, you know, The Crow, but I feel like that's got a cult following. I don't know why it became cool all of a sudden to hate the first Thor and be like, oh, like good Thor movies, that Thor Ragnarok. Um, no, no, no. I was there. Y'all liked the first Thor movie when it came out. I will not forget that. I still thoroughly enjoy the first Thor. Is it the best? No, it's still Ragnarok. And then the magnificence that is Thor Love and Thunder is, you know, 100 miles away in a trash heap somewhere. Uh, But the first Thor, minus the, the wonky eyebrows, is a surprisingly great movie that on paper should not have worked at all it should not have fit in the same universe as a man that builds giant mechanical suits chris hemsworth is perfect loki is still an interesting character at this point not completely overdone and also it's like one of the only times that we ever see him blue um he's the only good sympathetic or interesting villain for a long time in the mcu anthony hopkins is great as odin um i feel like we sleep on how good patrick doyle's music is Like, Mm -hmm. I still get this rush of excitement and emotion whenever um, the destroyer is about to destroy the town and all of a sudden the hammer flies out of nowhere and it flies into Thor's hand and the music kicks in. He's got the armor and you're like, that's Thor. This is what's called a hero's journey. And it was incredibly well done. I remember the first time I saw it in theaters when he like breaks into the facility. He's about to grab the hammer like, uh, this feels kind of quick. Why why is he grabbing the hammer now? It feels short. Oh, he can't lift the hammer. He's not worthy. Oh, that's really cool. Let's enjoy the rest of this movie. I love the first Thor, and I don't understand why it became popular to hate it. I think it's the most overlooked movie in well, both the MCU, probably just comic book in general. I think it's got this great, bright, vivid color palette that's missing from a lot of MCU movies. Um, it's not afraid of the camp, which I think is a good thing. And Josh just likes Thor in general. 
Oh, yeah. Duh. Sorry, my phone was going off. And I was like, oh, no, 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 not no, now. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> gosh, wow. I haven't, that, I haven't thought about that Family Guy quote in a while. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah. First Thor is absolutely fantastic. And it's the reason I think uh, a lot of people got into uh, the, the, the Marvel Universe. Iron Man's cool. Still kind of a prick. But like, he's... Uh, Thor is the... I think to me, one of the more quoted ones, whether you really like, like with another, or when he walks into a pet, yeah, walks into a pet store and is like, I need a horse. I was like, well, uh, I have a ferret here. Um, Give me one of those tall enough to ride. Like, (laughs) but then before the winter soldier and civil war cap became my favorite leading up to the first Avengers movie, Thor was my favorite by a wide margin. I think that was doing no small part to each character's first movie. And I really just liked what Chris Hemsworth brought to the table. That being said, I still hated Natalie Portman, even way back then. She's a great actress, just getting sucked. And I'm glad she's gone forever, hopefully. Uh, Darcy's also, oh, just the worst. But she got fixed at least a little bit in WandaVision. Then we get no pants in the sequel, and then that's the thing that happened. But we all try and forget Thor of the Dark World. Um, so... We're going to go... What you got? Hit me with it. I've got one that I can never fully explain why. It just is. You know those actors or actresses that whatever reason, you just can't stand them? I hate Amanda Seyfried. I don't know why. I just do. I don't... I've never liked her. I just hate Amanda Seyfried. If you ask me why, I genuinely can't tell you why. Just something about her just doesn't sit right in in the in the yes. I don't like her. <laughs> in the yes. <laughs> I don't have the words to explain uh, my yes. hatred. I, I know that body part. The yes, of course. <laughs> I am eloquent with many a words, except when I need to use them the most to describe my hatred of the cipher. I don't I don't get what it is. It's just something about her just irks me. That's the right word. She irks me, man. I just She's been in movies that I like. Don't like her. I don't know what it is. I uh, also hate Katherine Heigl, but that's probably because she's a horrible human being. I hated <laughs> her even before we found out she's a horrible human being. It's like, oh, I hated the movie Knocked Up. You were in that movie. You could have said no to that movie. Oh, I hated Grey's Anatomy. You were on Grey's Anatomy. It's what puts you on the map. Oh, I hated it. It was so bad. You could have left. Like... Why, why are you biting the hand to feed you? Catherine Heigl's just a, just a diva and a hater. Like Leah Michelle. Also hate Leah Michelle. Don't like terrible people. I think Amanda Seyfried's probably a really nice person. I just don't know why. I hate her. Maybe it was Lee Miz. She was Lee Miz, right? <laughs> you heard it here, here first, guys. Nathan hates women. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> wow. So this one I feel like uh, we could have talked about earlier. When we talked about Black Adam, we kind of talked about Peacemaker. I don't feel like this is a scorching hot take because I feel like some people might agree with me, Josh included. Already, at this point in their respective careers, John Cena is a better actor than Dwayne Johnson. Oh, dude. I feel like that's going to be a scorching hot take for some people because they'll be like, oh, but The Rock's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Being one of the biggest movie stars in the world doesn't equal talent. Look at Vin Diesel. Um... John Cena, at least, Cena and The Rock both have the same career trajectory in that they both started with WWE and then branched off into acting. 
started with several not as great projects scorpion king playing with fire uh but cena at least fred has tried oh fred what i'm sad now (laughs) cena at least took a play out of the rocks book except expounded upon it of cena has tried a variety of different roles him in Trainwreck is not the same as him in Bumblebee, which is not the same as him in Blockers, which is not the same as him in Peacemaker. Whereas The Rock, minus like one or two movies like Gridiron Gang or Walking Tall, like almost all the Rock movies are the same of man, bald man in a tight t-shirt in the jungle somewhere looking a little slightly disheveled. Like that's what Rock movie am I talking about? Jungle Cruise, Walking Tall, Jumanji, uh, Jungle Cruise. I don't know at this point. Rampage, I don't know. Uh, The Rock, he's really good at what he does. But it's really only one thing. John Cena has shown a willingness to learn and adapt as an actor and try different things. I can say the same thing about Batista. Batista has shown uh, a yeah. willingness to I was, to I was about to bring him up. Absolutely, dude. Batista like... has shown a willingness to learn and hone his craft. Like, he was an okay actor in the first Guardians, but that worked for the character of Drax. Then he took little bit parts in, like, James Bond, uh, Blade Runner, Dune. He's taken these parts to really and grow his creative muscle and widen his acting range whereas the rock's like i'm really good at this thing i'm gonna stick with this which is totally fine if you're good at something stick with that lane and make the most amount of money Never as possible. do it for free oh wait. i used that line earlier today at work actually um <laughs> but i think both cena and batista have been shown more of an aptitude to actually improve in their craft whereas the rock's just like the rock has improved in other things he's a brilliant business mind but as an actor I've kind of got tired of his shtick a long time ago, and I think there's much better wrestlers turned actors besides him. Oh, I, I completely agree. And to, to me, I think one of the reasons that Dave has kind of, how do I say, uh, uh, um, mentally removed himself uh, from Drax is because that is like that character is a symbol of uh, an actor that he no longer is. And so I can totally understand how it would be hard for him to go back to that awkwardness, back to that very basic kind of uh, acting ability. And when he's doing stuff like Blade, Run- Blade Runner, where he is absolutely incredible, incredibly nuanced, incredible character, even though he's only on the screen for maybe 10, 15 minutes. So I, Dave and John are absolutely changing the 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 landscape when it comes to wrestler turned actor whereas and again not necessarily a bad thing the rock is just doing the same thing over and the over rock, again. The rock and I, opened the door but everyone else has kind of been a little more fruitful with it the rock absolutely wrestlers absolutely owe a huge debt of gratitude to the rock for bridging the gap between wwe and hollywood just that yeah. other actors have taken it and run with it more i think than Dwayne was very occupied with other businesses, which is totally fine. Like the XFL, potentially buying WWE, according to some rumors. Um, Under Armour, he's he's a busy guy, um, and depending on what he's doing with DC. Uh, so I got two more, so I'll do one more, and then we'll come back to Josh. Yeah! I, I think Josh might agree with me on this one. I'm not sure, but this feels weird, because I'm a big movie fan, but if you say this to like certain sections of movie fandom, they'll be like, how dare you? This man has no bad movies. I'm going... They're all well-made, but they're all just copying from other people. I don't really like any Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't like Quentin Tarantino. 
I think he's he's okay, but when Tarantino is that film friend that you know that really just started really getting into movies and thinks they know better than most people when it comes to movies because they've seen one more Tarantino movie than the rest of us. Like, yeah, we've all seen Pulp Fiction. Django's pretty cool, but they'll be like, oh, man. I love what he did in Jackie Brown or the artistic style that he brought to Reservoir Dogs, man. Don't be one of those like obnoxious film student people that be like, oh man, I got this awesome Reservoir Dogs poster right next to my Fight Club yeah. poster in my dorm. Like Tarantino's great. I, I guess like he's a master of his craft, but at the same time, his craft is just borrowing from movies that you might not have seen that are much older. Like he's got this encyclopedic <laughs> film knowledge that he just kind of for his movies i know every director just borrows from things that they know but tarantino's almost like made a career of borrowing from other people and while i enjoy django unchained probably the only one that i can at least have fun with and i somewhat like like inglorious bastards is it's okay but i'm just not a big tarantino fan i don't really like yeah. his over the top style and that's that's really the best way to describe it is over the top and he relishes it which is fine yeah, I'm, and I'm just not as much into feet as he is. No um, one is. <laughs> hmm. Um, so, and I think the other thing is like a, a lot of the people that are obsessed with Quentin Tarantino just be like, just because he's like he's an artist and like he's got a very specific style and it's beautiful. Blah blah blah. Well, also look at people like Wes Anderson and be like, nah, dude, that is weird and unoriginal. Like, what? You can't. You can't even say that. Like, how? How dare you? So I, I'm with you though. Django Unchained is about probably the only uh, Quentin, Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino movie that I really enjoyed. Inglorious Bastards, I think, is great the first watch, uh, and then after that, it's kind of like mm, okay. And there's a lot of like I Reservoir Door, Reservoir Dogs didn't care for. There's a like there's a lot of like Quentin Tarantino. What is the 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 Hateful Eight was incredibly boring to me. Um, Kill Bill. I know it's a a quote unquote classic, but uh, I can do without it. It's fine. Whatever. I don't really care for it. So it's uh, maybe it's a question of taste. But to me, I I, I feel like if if someone is in, is really great, he's a really great director, really great visionary mind. Um, that trans that kind of, that should kind of like go beyond taste like as much as i there's some things that no one does that i don't really like i don't enjoy i can i absolutely still appreciate him as an artist like absolutely still appreciate no matter how i feel about his um his batman movies i I, there's still a lot of really interesting things that he brought to the to the genre that hadn't been done before so it's I, I, i to me quentin doesn't do that to to me, it's it's fun. He he's okay, and he's just that that snobby film nerd who thinks he knows everything better than everybody else. So, what's your last one then? Okay, and this is not necessarily that hot. Um, I think this comes a, this comes a lot from I think our discussion. We had like several months ago. We had a a a, a talk about fandoms. We had a talk a discussion about like how attached they get to certain projects and why is that okay or why is it not okay? Um, to me, when whenever a company does a reboot of a of a beloved TV show, let's use Teen Titans Go. Um, the amount of hate that that show gets 
from adults is absolutely stupid. A, it's a kid's show. It is not for you. It, I don't care what your nostalgia says. You do not own this property. B, watch Teen Titans Go, Teen Titans Go to the movie. It's an incredibly it's a funny. It's national and treasure. It's, it's amazing. Um, but, but also, also like... The original like the, Teen Titans like, isn't that adult it's not, either it's incredibly immature yeah. times oh very and so for for people to act like well i watched this show as a kid and therefore i have intellectual ownership of it uh like that thundercat show that that, that was going to be a, a thing for a little bit or i think still is a thing and there's only been a trailer i'm not i'm not 100 sure but like it's the art is vastly different oh i don't know maybe because we're not in the 80s anymore um but like i just it irks me when people see something that is IP attached to something that is nostalgic for them. And their instant reaction is, well, that's not what I grew up with. So therefore it is bad. Cause here's the thing. I used to think that about like, about shows like um, the amazing world of gumball and have since after having watched something, is it a kid's show? Absolutely. Is it, way darker and way smarter than it that it needs to be for a kids show absolutely is it way funnier than i thought it was than i thought it was absolutely so i think to me seeing something off and and being like well that's not what i grew up with my shows were better but and just like passing it off is such like such an arrogant and like pig-headed thing to do especially in the in the this genre of art where you can't like there's so much to like as bad as like weird as Korra is there's a lot of stuff to enjoy about Korra uh, it's, it's is it better than um than the last avatar no. absolutely absolutely not because the last avatar is perfect and there's been many show, shows that many like people to, to kind of prove that but does that make Korra bad just because it's not as good as the last airbender no I think we uh, there the world of the gray area when it comes to nerd fandoms is almost non-existent anymore, and it really really bothers me because I think a show can be good without being great, and that's okay. I think the problem oh. that people run into is they're just like, "Oh, it's a show that I grew up with." Look at those words, "grew up with." You grew up. Shows don't have to grow up with you. Some shows are allowed to be targeted for children. That is okay. I've never been a fan of Teen Titans Go! The show. But at the same time, I'm going, this is not for me. But I've talked to kids that do watch it. They now know Robin, Beast Boy, Starfire, the entire Bat family, the various characters from the DC Pantheon. They're introduced to these characters via this show. And if this show or another one that I don't watch gets people interested into something else that's really cool, why would I poo-poo that? Just because it's not targeted for me? Same thing with, like, we bring it up all the time. Supergirl. Never watched Supergirl. Never had any desire. But at the same time, that's because I was not the target demographic. I don't need the world have everything targeted to me. And I feel like fans often get insulted when, oh, I wanted to be a part of this thing, but this show's not for me, so I feel excluded. There's plenty of content elsewhere. Not everything has to be targeted for you. It's that, like, if the world was run by nothing but you as a clone over and over again, the world would cease to exist because you are an individual. Like, everyone has specific tastes yeah. and interests. That is okay. 
Yeah. Well, and yeah, and to, to uh, last thing on, on on my little bit here, a uh, two Teen Titans goes credit. A the movie is absolutely hilarious and is fantastic, and but that comes on the back of them doing a full season where they really do acknowledge the past of everything that has come before them. And they're still doing their Teen Titans Go thing, but they had several episodes where they brought back that, that Teen Titans show where of the one that we grew up on and had, had those characters interact. And that was fantastic and beautiful. And to see them be like, you know what? Well, you're right. We can't just do this without acknowledging what's come before. And then they do. But even then the adult i'm going to use the word fan uh with large air quotations because i just i just don't think you can be a fan and just not and be very close-minded of stuff um so even then a lot of fans used that as an opportunity to be like yeah see the old one's better go watch that instead now sir are you um are you showing your your kid the, the who is mm, probably eight years old the uh the original teen titans show well no it deals with a lot of like really uh mature things or there's some scary images blah, 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 so i don't i don't let them watch that then what then then this is that gap Yep. This is this is that Teen Titans Go is that is there for you then? You have him watch Teen Titans Go, and then it's like, oh well, he's in middle school now. He can handle some stuff. Well, let, let's have him. Let's have him watch a uh, Slade almost murder Robin multiple times. Like to me, it's I, I just I don't understand people that just like you said, poo poo on stuff just just to do that, and because it's not what they're used to, it's not what they grew up with. Um, I I I, I would dare say a lot of people that do say these kinds of things about like stuff like thundercats or he-man or something like that like um when was the last time you watched that because there's a lot of things uh, i i think you've grown up and uh your worldview has changed drastically and there's probably a lot of stuff in those shows that you go oh you know what i don't know if i agree with some of the stuff that they're doing in this show anymore I don't know if this show deserves the same love that I I had for it as a kid. Kind of like you watching um, the Wizard of Oz now, as a, in comparison to a kid, it's like oh oh like this is. I mean, I still have an emotional attachment because this is like nostalgia for me, but this is nowhere near as incredible as I as I remembered it to be. So I just I'm very I just hate it when when adults are like crap all, all over the kids stuff especially like especially nerds especially nerds because like you should know better your parents did that to you like don't you should know better <sighs> now that josh got his rant out of the way i don't really have a rant about this one but i'm sure everyone listening to me will have a rant about this because this is the one that i've told people this before and they're like what no you're joking right it's like a famous movie the start of the Hollywood blockbuster, so to speak, that I think is so incredibly boring that I don't get why people were ever scared of it, why people flocked to see this movie. I'm talking Jaws. I have seen Jaws a few times now, and every single time, just like The Shining, I struggle to stay awake. When we see the shark, the shark looks impressive. And I get that this movie was difficult to make in terms of like filming on the water and everything else. It is so glacially paced and is not scary. It also, frankly, has some really just campy acting. We've got a shark in the water. A what? Like, 
that's the line read you went with for that? Okay, sure. Uh, it's just a lot of staring at the water, uh, which I know people are like, it builds suspense, it builds tension, builds terror. But does it, though? Because, like, <laughs> barrels, does, it? does it really? <laughs> barrels chasing a boat isn't particularly scary to me. Like, it, it's... I'm never on the edge of my seat with Jaws. It doesn't scare me. Maybe this is a, like, I didn't really grow up with it. Maybe it shows its age a little bit. It's just... Jaws has never done it, but I know so many people are just like, it's this instant classic. It's what ushered in the modern age of blockbusters. Everything owes, a lot of movies owe its success to Jaws. I'm just like, eh. Maybe it's just giant creature movies don't do it for me. Like, I had no interest in seeing The Meg. I definitely well, that's, would not see Anaconda. I was like, that's that's because Meg was bad. Uh, but that's not the point. Um, because I'm come I'm with you though. And I, I think there is a conversation I think you and I need to have at some point to be like, okay, well, so is the reason we don't like these quote unquote classic films because our taste, I guess is what the word I want to use. Our taste is something that is not uh that that just like 80s and, and you know 70s and 80s movies just can't capture. Um because, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I just, I, I don't like it when people look, because I also do not like Jaws. I do not think it's a good film. I think it's boring. I think it's campy. It's not entertaining. The shark is, for an animatronic, looks pretty good. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to watch a a, uh, a shark movie, I'm going to go watch Deep Blue Sea. Because, like, it's more entertaining. And at least then I get to see somebody, like, absolutely decimated by a shark. Uh, actually, multiple people. But that's not the point. Um, so I just, to me, I, I definitely that conversation I think you and, I, you and I need to have about, like, is the reason, like, I don't like uh, uh, gangster movies and stuff like that. Is that more of a, uh, of a like, well, it's just I'm, it's not a time period I'm into. Or, oh, that's just not. You know, why don't we like these films? I think is a big question. But like when it comes down to it, John, and just because a movie ushered in blockbusters, just because it, it a lot of movies, um, you know, uh, can attribute the, it, their success to this film. Does that make this movie good? I'm going to say no. Well, what do you guys think? What are some of your like all time most controversial movie pins or your hot takes when it comes to movies? Let us know in the comments below. We always like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on our audio platform you're listening on what's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you aren't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.